This is the Gopher Puck Live Podcast, episode number 32, recorded Tuesday, January 22nd, 2013. Welcome to the Gopher Puck Live Podcast, along with Vigo and Hammy, I'm your host, Jupiter. Um, boys, uh... It was the last weekend ever of the Sioux, and we're all very sad because we're never going to play him again. Oh, no, we're not sad. We don't care, because we will play them again. But this weekend, we got three points from them, and I think that's pretty damn good. What do you think, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, I think we all called it a sweep last week, but I mean, I think when you see how the Saturday's game kind of started to turn out, uh, you know, getting a point out of that, kind of coming back with that late rally, you can't really complain too much about three out of four. And, um, you know, you got to like where we are in the standings and in the pairwise. So all in all, I think it was a pretty successful weekend. What do you think, Vig? What are your initial thoughts? Well, I thought they played a great game on Friday night. They, they did everything they needed to do. It was kind of a tight game, and Minnesota started to pull away, got a little chippy. And then on Saturday night, it was a tight game throughout. They, they fell behind because I think they were pressing a little bit to try to get that extra goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was fatigued as that game went on. And, you know, it was great college hockey. I mean, that's something that a college hockey fan loves. Both teams get tired. They're not perfect with their systems. It's back and forth. Both teams had their chances. And uh, it was a good battle by the University of Minnesota to get the point. And, you know, we I've heard a couple different places, you know, that comeback – you know, Saturday night was kind of a big deal. It showed some resiliency. I think I heard Lou Nanny say it today. And that's something we might not have seen in the past few years. You know, against a good team, being able to take a punch and to punch back. So that was definitely a good thing that we we needed to see for this team to keep growing. What do you think, Hammy? Well, yeah, I mean, I think part of that is that it, we're, you know, a little bit more of a veteran-laden team. I mean, I think we went through some of those years where we had so many departures and we were keeping kind of chasing, you know, uh, the departures with new guys and whatever. And we've, you know, for the most part, pretty much kept our guys here. And so we're a little bit more of a veteran-laden team. And I think another part of it, honestly, is I think we match up very well with North Dakota. I mean, this is – I mean, we talked, kind of touched on it last week, and I think this weekend – kind of bore that out was that this isn't your typical North Dakota, you know, team in terms of the in your face, grind it out, you know, big trees on defense yep. that all they want to do is knock your head off. I mean, they really only have one guy on their defense that sort of, you know, you could really classify as that classic rugged, you know, North Dakota defenseman that we've all seen over the years. And that's McWilliam. But other than that, I mean, um, Schmals, you know, he's a big kid, but he's finesse. You got uh, Gleason, who's a, kind of a smaller kind of finesse kid. You, you know, you have uh, Matson, who's finesse. I mean, they don't really have that kind of team that you really, you know, worry about winning board battles or you, you're concerned about getting your head knocked off, you know, in the slot or whatever. I mean, they just don't have that kind of, you know, air to them like they typically have in the past. And the Gophers are very big up front, and we have pretty physical on defense. And so I actually think that we match up very well now and so i think that that's kind of something that while you might not have seen that kind of come back in the past i think that that 
the way that we match up with them also plays into that kind of a comeback situation. We kind of lost you for a little bit there. But, oh, sorry. Uh, we, okay. we, we didn't miss too much, so. Okay. Um, Vigo, um, Nate Condon. Just some thoughts. I, he's he's really been picking his up up his game late, lately, and uh, and he's scoring big goals. Yeah, the last three four weeks, he's really stepped up and and been one of the big players. I think when you looked at the season, uh, you kind of expected Bugstad, Howla, Rao, Schmidt to be big players, and then there was a question about who else was going to emerge. And um, you can see with the ice time, I think in the last shift of the regulation. Lucia put out uh, Condon with Rao and Bukestad, and that's just a sign that he really trusts his game, and, and the speed that he brings is just uh, really you know impressive for the game. Uh, the other thing I think from the weekend, uh, Zach Budish thought I might he might have had his best series as a gopher. Yeah, uh, yeah, He created a couple of those goals, and so I think he's emerging as a player who's figuring out his role. I think he had a little bit of a slow start this year. But he's starting to figure out how to make an impact in the game. And I think those two players were a reason they were able to get a point on Saturday. Um, let's look at the Sioux a little bit here. Uh, one player we love to rip on is Mr. Christo. Oh, nine toes, blah, blah, blah. But he was a minus six this past weekend. His effort on the Condon shorthanded goal Friday night was downright pathetic. Hammy, uh, this kid's supposed to be kind of a superstar, but I I don't think he's setting a good example right now. Well, I mean, I, I it's kind of like I joked last week. I mean, I think I'm going to miss the kid, man, because to me, <laughs> I, mean, I know that I, I sort of said that the penalty stuff, and it wasn't so much the penalties as it was just that to me, everything that I've heard behind the scenes for a long time, and I'm not saying that he's not liked by people in Grand Forks or whatever. I'm not going there. But what I, he's not really a leader. He's not leadership material. To me, that was a lazy effort, you know, on that play. It was and, beyond lazy. But to, yeah, and to me, that was a huge moment in the game. And to me, that is, in my opinion, in a nutshell, what you get with Danny Cristo. I mean, he's obviously a talented kid, very offensively talented and whatever but you have to say you know is his is the kid's head on straight i mean what the hell is he doing you know and if i were a north dakota fan and i did look at their board a little bit you know after the series and you know i could tell that you know some of their fans were frustrated with that effort and you know nobody's saying that he's not talented but to me it's those kinds of efforts and some of the off the ice stuff and whatever that you just kind of shake your head and you're like man you wonder as a opposing fan, is it better that he's on that team than when he's not going to be on it? You know, I mean, yeah, we don't yeah. obviously play them for a while. I mean, unless it's in the playoffs or whatever. But um, you know, I, I just think that that's that's questionable about where his head's at sometimes. Vigo, any thoughts on Mister Cristo's performance this past weekend? Well, he he does certainly have a lot of puck skill, but uh, his effort throughout the game is questionable. It's even. Even on rushes where they have a chance to maybe have a forward drive of the net, he isn't that guy. He's looking to kind of hang back and, and look for the easy goal, you know, kind of sit around the crease and not quite do all the little things that you see guys like Bukestad and Budich doing to help create for their other line mates. So I, I was a little surprised. I mean, he's he's scored some big goals for them, but he is a bit of a liability, and that's that's what they get from him. 
Anybody have thoughts on Mr. Rocco Grimaldi? Well, I mean, he he is what he is. I mean, I, I said this on on uh, GPL in the last day or so. To me, if I were playing against that kid defensively, I would always play him to shoot because that's he's always looking to create yes. his own shot and yep. his his own offense. You know, and I think that that's kind of part of the reason why there was some issues. You know, in the World Juniors, is that he is not a guy that's really going to create for teammates. I mean, he might create because he beats somebody one-on-one and then everybody else is chasing around trying to close that down and help their teammate. But he's not a guy that's going to, like, with this tremendous vision and just going to, you know, hit the open guy across ice for this big goal or whatever. He's more of a guy that if he's going to get assists, it's probably because he shoots and it rebound and somebody else knocks it in or whatever. And so I think you kind of have to look at him the way he is. He's a Obviously, a talented, elusive player um, can score goals. He had a nice snipe, and you know, on on that Saturday game. Yeah. Um, but I do think that he does have limitations that maybe some North Dakota fans don't like to acknowledge. I mean, of course, his size is always going to be pointed out, but I just think that there are some limitations. Um, but obviously, he's a talented kid, and I'm sure that he'll be a thorn in the side of opponents the next couple of years, and uh, he'll be obviously a good player moving forward. Well. Some of the biggest controversy this weekend that the, all the Who fans are bitching about. Why won't the Gophers play the, the Who in the coming years? They're afraid of the Gophers. They're lying. They could have scheduled us. How come, how come Wisconsin's playing them? Let's get this finally done and get to the bottom of it. Hammy, I know you've got some opinions on this. Uh... Let's kick it off. What's really going on here? Do you know? Well, I mean, I think it's obvious. I mean, I, I think, well, yeah, I think it's, it, it is obvious, but these Who fans are so blind and stupid, they just don't get it. Including Mr. Verge Foss up there. I mean, come on. Pay well, attention think, here, Verge. I think a lot of it is they look at it from i mean it's sort of everybody's going to have their bias and they're looking at it of course from their perspective and they don't look at it from the other side of the coin and it's like look first of all the whole comparison to Wisconsin well Wisconsin waited and and blah 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 well Wisconsin also doesn't have to think about four other in-state D1 programs to put on their schedule so they have the ability to sit back and be maybe a little more patient Whereas for us, it's like, well, you know, one of the things that the Gopher program as kind of a flagship program, it's our responsibility to make sure that hockey in Minnesota is strong. And so playing, especially a Mankato or a Bemidji, it's important to keep those programs, you know, as strong as possible because they give opportunities to, you know, other Minnesota kids. And maybe they're not all Minnesota kids on those teams, but they certainly give them opportunities. So I think keeping those in-state programs on our schedule is certainly of great importance. Wisconsin doesn't have that. So to me, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. Then you have the situation Lucia talked on his radio show last night. It's like, look, they had the nickname situation and all that stuff going on. And, of course, you know, we don't control that. And if they want, you know, that, and even they wanted to move on from that as a school. But then they had all the legalities and all that stuff. And, look, what's Lucia supposed to do? I mean, with all this scheduling and conference stuff going on, you kind of have to take what's in front of you. And when you have good programs like Notre Dame and Boston College, you know, willing to schedule you for three, four years. You can't say no. 
Yeah, you don't sit there and tell them, well, you know what, I'll tell you what, why don't you wait a, a little while till we see what happens with North Dakota. You know, it's like basically you're telling them their plan B. Well, these are good teams. They're not going to sit around and wait for you. So you got to take what is there. So Lucia did exactly what was right for the Gopher program and all the whining by the Grand Forks Herald writers and all that stuff. They're looking at it from a North Dakota perspective. They want to sell papers. They know that, hey, the Gophers come to town. That's the biggest week of the year, blah, blah, blah. Well, yes, but you know what? We have fish to fry, too, and it's not all about North Dakota, so get over yourself. <laughs> Vigo, do you have any thoughts? Well, I just think you look at two programs like North Dakota and Minnesota, and Don Lucia runs a collegiate program. It, it has the very college feel. I feel like his teams do things for the most part the right way. Uh, sure, there's a little bit of smack talking by his guys, uh, especially Kyle Rowell, but for the most part, his team plays a clean game. Uh, Dave Haskell, his program is almost like a major junior or like a uh, minor league hockey program up there in North Dakota. I mean, you look at their building, you look at their historical style of play, you know, I'm sure Lucia just doesn't want to deal with that. Uh, I, I think, Ooh. you know, Wisconsin has the choice of who they want to schedule. They have a lot more open spots than Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't. I think it's fine that he schedules the East Coast teams. Well, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of in between on the whole thing, but you know, I I've, I've been complaining for the past you know three or four years that we don't play the tougher teams out east, like your BCs and and you know whatever. So, and like we talked about last week, I I kind of welcome it. I I want to see some something different. Now, when those contracts are done, you know the three years or whatever, I hope Lucia does start to schedule the fighting who, you know. It would be nice every year. That would be great. He's saying every two years. I'm not sure if I really agree with that, but uh, we're done with the subject. We're going to move on because that's what people are supposed to do. Right, guys? Well, I will say one last thing. that I We're going to play him again. I don't think that that's a question. That's why some of the whining to me is a little bit much. But um, I, I do like the idea. Lucci even said it. it might not be his decision to make because we're talking, you know, the way schedules are made years down the road now. You know, who knows if he's going to be there when ultimately some of these decisions have, have to be made three, four, whatever years away. So um, we'll see. You know, it might not be his decision when all is said and done. And uh, But I, I I don't personally want North Dakota on a schedule every year because I want some variety. I don't want to have the same team. So um, I, I'm glad, you know, that we'll have them in the future, but I don't want them every year either. And and I think I the country would like to see – college hockey east-west play each other i think it's good for the pairwise it's good for uh getting a good look at all the different programs across the country i mean there aren't a ton of d1 hockey programs out there they should be able to play each other a little bit i mean i always look forward to uh division one football games where you see a big 10 team play an sec team i mean the same thing should happen in hockey with hockey east and big 10 hockey and the nchc Do we lose Vigo? No, I'm here. No, okay. <laughs> he just got He just kind of stopped real quick. That's all. Um, well, one thing I think is going to happen is you know, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, uh, there's going to be a, quite a few less restrictions. You know, we could easily face uh, a North Dakota in a first round game, whereas now that's just not going to happen. So, 
I think the NCAA is going to make things all right for you Fighting Who fans. You're going to see us probably every year anyway or pretty close to it. So, Well, let's kind of move on here. Obviously, the Gophers, we got three points on the weekend. Uh, moved up into a tie for first place with St. Cloud. So, obviously, that's a good thing. We're in first place. St. Cloud's playing well. Uh, you know, we've got Omaha, North Dakota, and Denver right behind, though Denver's heading down fast and have more games at hand. So let's kind of look at the last week. You know, obviously the Gophers, three points. Uh, we've got Denver getting swept at St. Cloud State. Um, Hammy, St. Cloud took care of Denver. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit surprising. I actually um, had that series as probably ended up as a split. Um, I, you know, certainly expected both teams to come out with points in that series. And, uh, I, you know, I think it's one of those things. Uh, St. Cloud had a little bit of time to stew over uh, kind of a lackluster performance against uh, Northern Michigan. They had, you know, that extra week off. You know, they didn't play last weekend. So I'm sure that they were pretty fired up, you know, and they practiced pretty hard and, and had their head on straight. And, uh um, but yeah, I mean, it was, certainly was a very nice series for them. And uh, I'm, I'm, you know, Denver is a little bit to me. I, I had them in the top three or four, but sometimes I, I question some of that. I there are time, you know, they had that kind of streak of time in November and December where they did not play well at all, and then they kind of, you know, won four in a row towards the end of the year and the beginning of this year, and you're like, well, maybe they're kind of back on track. But now they're, they're winless in their last three, so. I, you know, you don't really know what you're getting with Denver. And uh, so that's – I know that they hadn't been swept in a very long time, so you kind of have to give St. Cloud a tip of the hat for that. Um, but I'm not really sure what to expect out of Denver. So I don't know um, if I should think that St. Cloud played great and, you know, Denver just played okay, or I don't know what to think. It's probably a little of both, I guess. Well, Vigo, you know, St. Cloud, they have been struggling a bit on the non-conference, and that's probably going to hurt them in their pairwise, you know, down the road. But in conference, they are looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they're getting a little bit more goal scoring. I think at the start of the year, we were crediting them with an improved blue line core, and that that was going to be a big difference maker for them. And now they're able to score some goals, and they're right in it. Uh, They've got a big weekend coming up here, and if they get on a run, uh, that uh, February 8-9 series with Minnesota is going to be really important for who's going to make a run for the Cup. Yeah, I think that that's that's the one thing that I looked at moving forward in the league is St. Cloud plays uh, eight of their last 12 on the road, and, you know, they're playing at North Dakota, at CC, at Wisconsin. Those are all going to be pretty tough series, and then they have us at home. So, I mean, they don't have the easiest, you know, schedule down the stretch. You know, not that any schedule is necessarily easy, but they certainly have more of a road um, schedule in front of them, and uh, certainly three tough road series out of those four. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they do on the road because they've been home for a while. They've not played on the road since uh, I think December first, so they've been at home for a while. Well, they would definitely take advantage of it. So uh, we'll see how it goes with them. Uh, elsewhere, we've got Michigan Tech taking three points from Bemidji State. That's kind of how you guys called it, wasn't it? Anyone? I was hoping for the sweep on that one for uh, Michigan Tech because they've been on a roll a little bit. uh, But three out of four, that's not not bad. Still in uh, 11th place for Tech, so. Yeah, nothing too spectacular there. I mean, you know, when they get those bottom 
teams, you don't really know what you're going to get. Uh, you yeah. kind of, you know, you expect that the home team is probably going to have the advantage, you know, even in those bottom level teams. So I guess it's kind of what you expected. And uh, Minnesota State headed up to Anchorage and, you know, kind of gave up a lead Friday night, ended up with a tie, and then uh, beat Anchorage Saturday night for the three points. Uh, Vigo, any thoughts on that? Well, I think Alaska's been having trouble on Saturday nights. Uh, they've they've struggled the last couple, I think. Um, good to see out of Minnesota State to get the, the points that they got. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend's home-and-home. Home. Uh, Minnesota really struggled with them. Um, in their last series, I thought they uh, were pressing way too much and, and just giving up chances, and, and the, the Purple Mavs were taking advantage. I mean, they do have some goal scorers, so I think uh, Minnesota took some chances Saturday against North Dakota, and hopefully that's a good reminder that uh, Genzel will take video from both of those games and show their defensemen uh, what times to gamble, what, what times to bail. Hammy, any thoughts on Mankato and Anchorage? Well, I mean, it's kind of like what I said about uh, Anchorage after we played them. I mean, <laughs> you have to give them credit that, you know, for a team that has as lousy of a record as they do, they don't, you know, they don't quit. They play hard, you know. They're not, they're not going to, of course, and they might get beat by three or four goals some nights, of course, but, uh, you know, they're not going to quit, and certainly they, they proved that on Friday coming back with those two late goals. And, you know, it reminds me – of, you know, kind of the Gophers when they were at CC, you just, you know, all it takes is one little thing and all of a sudden momentum goes towards yep. the home team. And yeah. uh, I think that, you, you know, at the end of the year, people, sometimes I think that people overreact to a loss or to a tie, you know, but then at the end of the year and you see how tight the standings are, you know, as particular, you don't know what's going to cost you if you're one, two or three. And, you know, it might be just one or two points that separate you. And so you never know when a game like that can really cost you. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Okay. Um, we've got Duluth and CC splitting last weekend. Uh, Hammy, uh, CC kind of took it to him Friday or Saturday night, but it was a little closer on Friday. Yeah, I mean, Duluth is actually doing, you know, better than I kind of expected. I mean, you know, they're kind of right in the middle of everything, you know, with that big mess of points and that kind of, uh, you know, three through whatever, seven or whatever it is area. And uh, you have to give them credit. They're, they're playing uh, a little better. I mean, CC is really, boy, I mean, they've slumped badly since that, um, you know, since the beginning of December. I mean, they really, they only have two wins since the beginning of December. And, uh, you know, you kind of, ex- I mean, I think a lot of people kind of picked them to be the bottom half team. Um, this year, but it's really different seeing a CC team struggle as much as they have. And, uh, you know, winning two out of their, what is it, last eight games or something along the line, I mean, you just don't really expect to see that out of them. So that's a little bit interesting. Uh, they have, they're on the road at uh, Anchorage this week. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of recover here in the last handful of weeks and uh, maybe put on a run. Any thoughts on that series there, Viggs? Just the one thing I'm noticing is, is CC's getting into a lot of shootouts. I'm, I'm sometimes they're on the, the upper hand, but looks like they're getting on the lower hand a lot. But if you look at the goals for and goals against, they're among the leaders on both sides for the WCHA. And uh, when you play them, you just know that there's going to be a lot of chances, and it's tough. It's tough to be consistent when you're giving up that many scoring chances. So uh, good, good for Duluth to get two points there. Uh, They've been struggling. They've just got so many young players in that lineup. 
Uh, I think it's it's really hard on them trying to replace all the talent they've they've lost the last two years. Well, we'll see. You know, give them a little time. They could be quite the tough opponent come the end of the season after they've a little grown up a little bit. Yeah, those freshmen are lo- no longer eighteen, nineteen when they come yeah. this time of year. Yeah. Um, looks like uh, Wisconsin little uh, non-conference action last weekend with Miami. They split with them. You know, at the Kohl Center. You know, they finally lost a game. They had won like what. 10, 11 straight or something ridiculous like that. So they finally lost the game in a low-scoring affair. You guys have any thoughts, even though we didn't talk about it last week? Uh, the only thing I would say about it, I mean, granted, Mankato has improved this year, but, you know, much of that winning streak was against, I mean, some pretty bad teams. I mean, you have, you know, Alabama, Huntsville, and Anchorage, and, uh, you know, so there were some question marks on that winning streak, and but certainly – um, beating Miami. I mean, the, both these teams are very defensive minded. So, I mean, a one nothing win for UW and then a two one loss. I mean, it's not exactly an offensive juggernauts going on there. So, I mean, I think that uh, it's kind of a series you would expect low scoring, and uh, I think probably a split was most appropriate. I would gather. Anything on that series, sir, Vigo? Not a lot of goals when Wisconsin's <laughs> involved. It's. I mean, it's amazing. You, you just look at their their games, and those aren't ones you want to DVR. Boring. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a couple questions via Twitter, and you can always send questions. You know, either at EVGo or at Hammy Hockey, and of course, at Gopher Puck Live on Twitter. Um, what do we have here? We've got Gopher Fan One is wondering: Does Wilcox need some rest? Uh, you know, for me, I, we have a week come weekend off coming up here. I don't really see the need for, I mean, people, I think they overblow that a little bit. I mean, it's like, how come we never ask? I mean, I think even Lucia mentioned this, you know, how come we can't, you know, sit, uh, Bukestead, how can we can't sit Howla and whatever, you know, give them rest. I mean, they're skating hard and whatever. And, you know, it's not like goalies are you know, performing and they're jumping around and skating hard all over the, you know, the place all game long. I mean, certainly they'll have stretches where they're working hard and it's not like playing goalies easy, but it's not like playing forward or defense is necessarily easy either. And we don't expect those guys to get, you know, the best players to get the games off. So to me, you keep playing the guy. Um, I didn't think there was really any huge issues with his performance. I know that some people were wondering a little bit about, if he was, uh, you know, fighting the puck and stuff. But to me, when I looked at this last weekend, uh, I didn't see anything terrible. I thought that uh, most of the goals were pretty much, uh, you know, not really his fault. I mean, you know, Grimaldi sniped a good one, and you can't – I mean, that's going to be a goal on most guys. You know, if you're hitting your shot and, or you're aiming, I mean, that's sometimes you have to just tip your hat to the shooter. And so, But I, I don't think that uh, he needs the rest. Not right now, at least. I don't think he's been performing bad enough to really give him a night off. Vigo, give him a night off or not? Well, the only reason I would want to give him a night off would be to get Shabrowski back in the net just to kind of get the feel of the puck and, and, and the pace of play. I know Lucia was talking about trying to maybe start him uh, the weekend before in the Saturday game against Alaska. Uh, so that's something the coaches are considering. And I don't think it's so much the, the physical fatigue of playing the schedule two games every weekend uh, Wilcox played a much tougher schedule than that in the USHL, so it's not the amount of games. I think it's the mental fatigue and, and staying sharp and, and not dropping too early. Because uh, on Saturday, he didn't play as sharp as he's played. His rebounds were a little bit looser. Um, he got sniped that one time. There were two 
uh, posts in overtime by Christian Grimaldi. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't his best game. And, and Lucia talked after the game. He was happy the Gophers got to four and got the point um, for Adam's sake. Because, you know, he'd love to have a couple of those shots back. But uh, he's, he's had a great season so far. I mean, you look at his numbers, and uh, they are impressive. Um, he's got low goals against, high save percentage, couple shutouts. It's he's had a great season so far. He's he's the number one guy. Tim Hapke is wondering: Is the plus minus an overrated stat? Helgi is an even, you know, while Shea is a plus four and Alt is a plus twelve. But you know, he'd rather have Helgi on the ice than you know either Alt or. Um, uh, Shea, Shea, I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just kind of reading it wrong. So, what do you think, Amy? Is is the plus minus overrated? I mean, we kind of bagged on all all you know earlier this season, or is it just the way you know the the positions and the situations they're put in? You know, I've always had mixed feelings on plus minus. I mean, sometimes I, I, it's great when you know you know when Christo's minus six. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think. I think that does tell a story. I think when it's really bad or really good, I think that tells a story. I think that there is some merit to plus minus, but sometimes I think when it's sort of like on the, you know, on the kind of like the bell curve, so to speak, when you're kind of towards around zero or whatever, sometimes that's because, okay, maybe it's your teammate fouls up and, you know, I I just think that some of that stuff can be a little overrated. Um, I, I do think that, in my opinion, um, you know, I, I would agree with him. I would. I, I don't know about Alt. I think Alt has played better. I know he still has his moments where he messes up, but I like the physical presence that he brings. And when he's playing well, he plays real well. And so I like having him in the lineup more often than not. Um, I, I've already kind of bagged on Shea throughout the year at different times. And, you know, he did kind of make another – Mistake. I know some fans said that he, oh, you know, the puck was bouncing or whatever. But to me, I thought that that puck just went off his stick and then just went the other direction. I don't think it was that bad of a pass that he got. But I would agree. I would rather have Helgeson and uh, you know and Alt in the lineup. And I, I've talked about this on GPL. I like Parento in the lineup. Um, I think that he's you know at defense. I think he's steady, and uh, I like that. And I think when the Gophers are at their best, they're not making dumb mistakes, you know, when it comes to uh, keeping the zone and whatever. I think of the biggest mistakes of the year, I think of Marshall at CC trying to keep the zone when he shouldn't have. And, you know, on Saturday, in my opinion, we should have won that game if it hadn't been for two freshman mistakes. You know, I mean, we gambled, Riley gambled on the one, got burned, you know, trying to be too aggressive offensively. And and Shea, I mean – you can argue both sides of that, but I think that certainly on that play, he should have just got back. I mean, Knight was floating back there. I don't know if it was a late line change or what it was, but nonetheless, you know, I I like having Alt and uh, Parento and and certainly uh, Helgeson in the lineup. Is plus minus overrated there, Vigo? It, it is. You know, it's just a stat like any other. Uh, hits, shots, you know, they're all used one way or the other to skew guys and how their performance are. You know, is is shaping up over the season. It's just a piece of the puzzle. I, I think the one thing with the ice time for guys like um, Shea, Alt, uh, Riley, you know, you got to get them in situations so they learn when to step up and make plays and when to bail. 
And I think having those guys make those mistakes on Saturday and for it to only cost them a point, they're going to learn from that. And hopefully they don't do that in the final five if they're in a championship <laughs> game or, you know, if they're in a regional and they need to, to make some plays, you know, they're not going to press and make those mistakes when they don't have to. Uh, you know, late in the third period, you, you kind of have to start pressing the game a little bit. But at that point in the game, there you could bail and, and recover later. Uh, but you've got to get that experience to, to drill that in your head. You know, you can be told that all the all day long, but until you make that mistake, it doesn't really burn into your mind like it will now for them. Okay. Well, let's move on to this week. A little bit lighter on the WCHA schedule this week. Uh, if I see this correctly, it looks like we've got Anchorage heading down to Madison this weekend. Obviously, the Badgers have been playing well against some of the lesser competition, and I see them continuing this. Uh, Vigo, what do you think? You think they're going to just kind of keep going with four points? I have a feeling Alaska is going to steal one on Friday. Ooh, okay. I mean, Wisconsin is having a hard time generating goals. Alaska's played some really good Friday night games the last couple of weeks. I think that continues. I think they probably capitalize on a couple of Wisconsin mistakes, maybe get two goals, and Wisconsin struggles to get their two. And we see a 2-2 tie on Friday, and then on Saturday, uh, Alaska legs get a little bit tired, and Wisconsin's able to feast on that a little bit. Anchorage at Wisconsin. Hammy. Uh, you know, I'm going to call that a Wisconsin sweep. I think that that's – I mean, I – you know – it won't shock me because, like I said, uh, you know, Anchorage always seems to give teams at least, you know, a rough go of it one night. And so it won't entirely shock me if they come out of that series with a point or two. But I just think that uh, Wisconsin's done a pretty solid job against teams that they should, you know, do well against. And, and so I, I would call this a Wisconsin sweep. <clears throat> Then we've got Nebraska Omaha heading to Bemidji State, Hammy. And, uh, you know, obviously you kind of look at this and you think Bemidji's going to get rolled. But, man, Bemidji has had Nebraska Omaha's number for quite a few years now. Will that continue? Yeah, it is kind of funny, you know. I guess you could say that uh, Bemidji is uh, Blaze's kryptonite or something. You know, I, I don't <laughs> – I just think it's uh, it's kind of funny. You know, they always – I mean, the, earlier in the year, they – they uh, what they only got one point from uh, Bemidji, I think, early in the year, and that was a home series for UNO. And so, you're kind of almost foolish to not say that uh, Bemidji's going to come out of the series with at least two points. I mean, so I'm going to say it's going to be a split, but I mean, God knows it could be a, a sweep for all I know. It just uh, you know, Bemidji's the Blaze Kryptonite, so I'll go with the split though. What do you think, Vigo? Well, I think with it being at Bemidji, that, that helps Bemidji a little bit. I, I think Bemidji maybe looks at uh, Nebraska-Omaha as their slump buster, as a <laughs> drunk hockey guy would like to refer Co- yeah, to. Yeah, copyright drunk hockey guy. Yeah, he, he knows about that. So I, I think uh, you probably chalk them up for two points at least, maybe three. <laughs> All right. I'll go, I'll go three. I'll go three for okay. Bemidji. A big series up in Grand Forks as the leading league leading, I should say, uh, St. Cloud State Huskies head up there to play the who, Vigo. You know, uh, St. Cloud has just really got it going right now. I think uh, this is a big series for them. Uh, Maybe a little bit of a letdown for North Dakota. 
Um, all the players were talking about on Saturday night how they were so drained from the series that they were just giving up chances left and right. Uh, I think they have maybe a little bit of a hangover as they go into the St. Cloud series, and I think St. Cloud gets three points here. Okay. Hammy. You know, I'm going in the opposite direction. Uh, there is a little part of me that wants to say this is going to be a North Dakota sweep. Um, I don't know what it is. There's just a part of me that feels like North Dakota is going to rebound. And granted, it is a weekend after the biggest series of the year, emotionally at least, for North Dakota. So you you, you know, you have to have that little uh, asterisk there when you're making your prediction. Um, I, I guess I'm going to say this is going to be a split. I, I had been thinking North Dakota sweep. I, I know that St. Cloud's playing better, at least in conference, and so there is that party that's like you can go either way. So in the end, when I when I have a situation like that, I think that split's probably the uh, the right way to go. And finally, we've got the big home-and-home home with Minnesota and Minnesota State. Uh, Friday at Mariucci, that'll be on the Big Ten Network. And Saturday down at the Verizon Wireless Center in Mankato, and that will be on FSN North Plus, folks. So make sure you remember that. Uh, Vigo, Mankato gave us fits last time. You know, we eked out a win Friday last time, and then they you know, kind of kicked their butts a little bit on Saturday down in Mankato. What's going to happen this time? Yeah, this series kind of frightens me a little bit. You know, the Saturday home-and-home home thing kind of messes with everybody. You know, if there's a real tough, um, demanding game on Friday night – you know, you travel on Saturday and you're, you're faced with a road game in that situation. And we saw last series how the Gophers press and made a, enough mistakes where they just gave Minnesota State a chance to get in the game. And I'm, I'm worried we might see that on Saturday. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking three points for the Gophers. I think they win on Friday and I think they tie on Saturday. Yeah, for a minute there, I thought you were going to say we weren't going to get any points. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just a worry. I had a negativity vibe on that. I, I do have a negativity vibe, but I think that the Gophers <laughs> are such a talented team that they are going to be able to get goals if they do fall behind on Saturday, which I think could happen. Go well, my it. feeling on it is, um, you know, the only thing that concerns me is the what I mentioned with North Dakota is do you, are you going to have the emotional letdown after, you know, a big series? I mean, we kind of saw that with Anchorage on that Friday night game after having, you know, played that, you know, kind of spirited game against uh, Notre Dame yeah. you know, earlier in the week. And there's kind of that letdown after winning one against BC and then Notre Dame. And um, now you got Anchorage and not that Minnesota State's an Anchorage, but nonetheless, it's still not as of a, emotional thing as it's going to be with the North Dakota. So um, that's the one thing that kind of concerns me about a series like this. However, I believe given how the team has played recently, um, I think that, you know, I certainly expect us to win the home game. Um, and on the road, um, you know, there's, I'm a, you know, it seems like um, Mankato's had a little bit of a struggle here. I mean, other than Saturday, the last, you know, three out of the last four, I mean, they had a little bit of a struggle. So I, I really believe that, yeah, we're going to come out of this series, I'm thinking, with three points. And uh, I expect it to be a well-played series. And, you know, Minnesota State's better defensively than I think a lot of people expected. Um, they're not as talented and, and deep as the Gophers, you know, especially offensively. But uh, defensively, they've been a little bit better than I expected this year. So um, 
you got to give him credit for that, and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, mm-hmm. what's the offensive output going to be. So, but I think three points is a good uh, barometer for the series. Okay, well, I think that the Gophers are going to sweep the cows. I know you guys are shocked about that. Where's your loyalty? loyalty? Yeah. Where's your loyalty to the alma mater? I in all, whatever. <laughs> You're not going to get the alumni magazine next year. Uh, you know what? I just I was a Gopher fan before I even went there, so it's it was never a deal, and they were still kind of a D two team. You know, at the time, and they were trying to get to D1, and it wasn't until a, you know, a couple of years later that they moved up. And so, uh, there's not much, there's nothing for me there. Just well, this nothing. Is a, this is a big game for Minnesota State in terms of pairwise. If they want any shot at getting into the tournament, you know, this is a game that they've got circled. Okay. Well, and I think this is also kind of what we talked about when we talked about some of that scheduling stuff with North Dakota is that I don't think that their fans understand that for the Gophers, being the weekend that is circled on the calendar, that's pretty much the norm, especially with in-state Minnesota teams. And so um, that just kind of, you know, we have five, six number one rivals, at least from that pers- the other team's perspective. So. Yeah. Um, this is one of those weeks, so it, it's certainly it's one of the great things about being a Gopher is that every time you go on the road, you know, or for most places, they're amped up for you, and you got to be ready and prepared. And uh, I expect that they will be. Well, it's going to be a nice short drive for me Saturday because uh, you know we're taking the whole family down for the Mankato game. So road trip, road trip, going. It's going to be like a National Lampoon vacation yeah. kind of road trip. <laughs> the funny thing is. Trip. I think it's only about takes me ten minutes longer to get to Mankato than it does to get to Mariucci because <laughs> of where I live. Good God, are you in the boondocks? I know, but you know we kind of got those back roads, and I can go zipping along those. And but I'll be in full rube mode Saturday night with the jersey. The kids will be screaming, yelling at the refs as usual. I can't wait to see the tweets. Oh <laughs> yeah, I'll be a little more available to tweet. I think uh, Chris is going to get uh, Chris Eckes is going to get a uh, media pass, and he's going to experience his first road covering of a game. So, yeah, I'm uh, partaking in the beer dabbler on Saturday. So, you beer? No, yeah, I know, hard to believe. I know. We'll, we'll be down in St. Paul for that. So, any other thoughts on this weekend, guys? Hammy, nope, you just... should get a ticket. Come on down, man. Oh, I don't know. Ole, 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 ole. I can't handle that, man. And plus, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, some of Mankato's fans are some of the most irritating in the league. I don't know what it is. It's not because they're necessarily uh, – it's not like they're North Dakota fans or some of these other fans that like to talk trash. It's just more the fact that they're just annoying, you know, with that damn <laughs> cowbell and all that crap. It's I need like, more oh cowbell. You know, I just yeah. – so I don't think I can <laughs> deal with that. All right. Well, if that's, that's it. Tonight, man. <laughs> wow. Well, that's got to be it for this week's Gopher Puck Live podcast. Remember, you can always follow Hammy on Twitter at Hammy Hockey, and you can always follow Vigo at Evigo. Um, and, of course, GPL on at Gopher Puck Live. Uh, no games next week, so, you know, we'll take uh, next week off. We'll be back. Boy, should we take next week off? Uh, we can figure it out. Yeah, we'll take next week off because, you know, we'll be back after, you know, that weekend off and then we'll recap 
Mankato and talk about the big series with St. Cloud. So until then, thanks for listening. 